Good afternoon, good morning, or afternoon, depending where you are in the world. Uh, this is the Piragaji Podcast, Episode 3. We welcome you to our special episode on peering into learning. We have just started the podcast, so we have... Uh, I'm going to mute you, Charles, because I think I can hear you. Um, we have... Uh, in, in the Pyragogy Project, which is the producer of this podcast, we collaborate to build the low, No Longer Missing Guide to All Things Relevant to Peer Learning and Peer Production. And this regular video and audio live streaming podcast aims to provide an interactive space where participants and audience can explore the philosophies, concepts, contributors, and practical applications of Pyragogy. We introduced the series with uh, session with our editorial core members, Joe Corneli in London. He's on the, in the backstage of this episode and he'll join us at the end. Charles Danoff in Chicago, he's hosting today. Paolo Ricarte in Mexico City and Lisa McDonald is in Los Angeles. I'm Charlotte Pierce and I am in Boston, Massachusetts. We, as I said, we were in our third episode and we, we run these about every two weeks or so. Uh, we welcome uh, input on for from our audience uh, for topics and panelists and things relating to uh, peer learning and peer production. Um, I'm going to introduce uh, Charlie now. Charlie Danoff is one of the original um, peeragogues, I guess you are, right, Charlie? You want to unmute yourself and I'll, I'll let you take it from here. Hey, thanks Charlotte. Um, happy to, and thank you to the audience for tuning in. Um, so excited today to talk about uh, Kiko Lab. And uh, so it's gonna start, we'll have uh, Lauren, we'll get Lauren and Charles. Uh, Lauren, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, I have a background in digital media and now collective intelligence and I live right outside of Paris. No, but I'm American. Okay, thank you, Charles. Hey there, reporting from Zurich, Switzerland. I'm also American uh, from New York City, mostly been here 10 years in Switzerland. And yeah, co-founded uh, Kiko Lab Collective Intelligence Collaboratory with Lauren Nignon. Uh, we've been working together about two years now, kind of developing a lot of ideas and processes and uh, building our knowledge repository focusing a lot on pedagogy and other um, learnings from Howard Rheingold and Doug Engelbart. Awesome. So on the um, on the next slide, we're going to, yeah, so as you said, we're going to run the Kiko Lab. And uh, today we're going to talk about that as well as about, uh, you know, education for all ages. Uh, as you can see on the slide, you're both parents of young children. Do you want to just kind of give a uh, little more Talk a little more about Kiko Lab and uh, Collective Intelligence Learn Collaboratory or Collective Intelligence Collaboratory and the Rapid Learning Network, please. I just want to say is I'm super excited to be here. This is like a peer-produced podcast, and peer coach is awesome. Peer learning and peer making. I think the peer making and producing part um, maybe gets left out more in the conversation about peer coach. So I just want to. Um, state that nice. we really embrace the full the full spectrum of pedagogy um, in what we do at Kiko Lab, and we're not experts. We're we're curators, and we're bringing a lot of people into conversation. It's sort of connective intelligence in terms of the conversation as the foundation for what we do. Um, 
and we have kids and and uh, like everyone in various ways got kind of slammed by the pandemic and we're already being slammed in a lot of ways and then and then we had to go into another mode in regard to our kids and not just school but but kind of overall um, life uh, at home homework and so forth Lauren Yeah, we got inspired to do uh, the pedagogy for kids because uh, it basically I was uh, so disappointed with my um, performance during the first quarter in March trying to teach my kids. It was just really, it was really hard. And I was scared that my kids were getting a little depressed being inside all the time and they were really losing their love of learning. So. I really wanted to find ways to inspire them and to get them connected to um, people, kids from around the world and um, find better solutions um, to keep us less crazy during the fall because I think it will be just as bad. So, yeah. Yeah, keeping, uh, keeping, keeping us less crazy is, is a good goal for, for all of us right now in any time, especially now, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's uh, and pedagogy for kids is something that we haven't uh, we haven't explored that much in our in our work historically, and uh, so I think that's what's really exciting. I'm excited to talk about it, and um, so I think you want to discuss this um, <clears throat> educational summit uh, that you hosted that we have uh, here at back to school. Yeah, it was just kind of a one-off uh, thing. Um, just decided we would uh, host a little educational summit for. And um, we just had, um, you know, a lot of people came and they contributed and we made um, a 15 minute, minute video um, with people's thoughts. And we were just blown away by the creativity of people and how people in collective intelligence just design things so differently than other people would and how kind of light and dynamic their uh, design was and I, I was really just blown away by using pedagogy and collective intelligence how you can um, solve problems quickly and on a grand scale just by leaving behind some assumptions um, that we were making. I, I would just add that um... You know, it was that summit was a one-off event, and but then, as Lauren said, um, we made a, a video, fifteen minutes, boiled down out of many hours, and that, in general, is a practice that we're doing all the time. <clears throat> um, one of the the ways that we wrap, kind of using a pedagogy pattern, our form of wrap is a video remix or, or edit um, distillation, and we've done that iteratively now with the um, with the material from that that event, the educational summit, and um, follow up conversations, kind of subsequently reflecting back and feeding back the the raps, the remixes into into the conversations and into the raps themselves. So um, there's lots of layers to it, and that um, becomes not just a one off event, but but persists and it grows. And 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 uh, further, we actually managed to use this process to very um, smoothly collaborate on making a video, telling the story of mm. what we're now calling the Learning Garden. The um, <clears throat> that's uh, so yeah, you're uh, by doing the uh, it's a great the doing the process of peer producing the video taught you more about how to produce videos, and um, that's uh, yeah, pedagogy in action. 
Um, and so, yeah, you brought the learning garden and that's our, our first point we want to discuss today is how to, um, to use uh, pedagogy to solve the pandemic education, excuse me, to solve the pandemic education problem in lightweight, accessible and agile ways. Um, so what are those, what are those ways? Well, we're, we're talking about some assumptions that um, most people make in building, um, you know, schools and education systems. And that's that, um, that kids must be in the same class with the kids their own age. So we threw that out the window and said, we can build networks of uh, inter, we can do um, in, intergenerationally. And so we can have people of different ages together so that the older kids can teach the younger kids. And um, it just, uh, it, it makes it um, easier in certain ways. Yeah, there's, the, there's also the, the elders, the parents and the grandparents getting involved and also having a peer doji across literally those generations. But then again, mixing up the, you know, we're looking mostly at, at age six to 12, K through 12. Um, well, not, yeah, anyway, um, the age differences between, you know, kids at a young age uh, are experienced as, as pretty big. And so that's also kind of uh, intergenerational. Another, another assumption was that learning had to be done, pandemic learning has to be done in pods. And um, one of the things that we really wanted to do was design it to make it accessible. And if you do it with a, you know, um, a group of parents hiring a teacher, that's really out of the financial reach for uh, a lot of parents. And so we absolutely wanted to make an accessible solution. So um, using Pyragogy, you can actually do it much cheaper and um, uh, affordable for people. So that's, uh, that's another assumption that we um, debunked, I guess. Yeah, it's really important to, uh, yeah, to, to revisit assumptions and um, in all walks of life. And then um, especially when like the context on the, in our day-to-day -day changes, um, this, the uh, recheck and that's a great point that, you know, not being able to bring in a, uh, oh, not everybody could afford to bring in a, a teacher like that or the pods. Um, and then the, um, <clears throat> So then the intergenerational na nature of it, that kind of reminded me of like, it's almost like a uh, return to like kind of a one room schoolhouse type model where um, that, you know, a lot of, I think definitely in the US and I assume all over the world, that was um, where uh, like a lot of how learning gets, was done and is done in some places still. Um, and um, so what kind of, uh, and I think that's also like a good opportunity for the older kids too, because like one of the best ways to learn something is to teach somebody else about it. And um, I definitely, in my experience, uh, teaching English as a second language, my, uh, I discovered how little I actually know about the English language. And um, so that was very helpful. And I got much better at English as I was uh, helping with my students. And then so what, uh, so we're talking about the high level and then getting a little more specific on the next slide, we have um, like with tactically how to do this, we have the uh, parent dashboard in Trello. Do you wanna talk about how, how that works? Yeah, sure. So um, we kind of needed some kind of instrument when you're up for, for this is a parent one. Um, we haven't made a kid's one. We could easily do that. But basically, um, when you're trying to kind of manage a, 
um, the situation on hand. It just basically has um, uh, suggestions and tips uh, that you can use while you're in the moment and don't want to go around searching for things, but just so, so it's, it's almost like a quick start, quick start guide for parents on activities that they could do, um, uh, on procedures that they can do if there's conflict and agreements um, uh, that the kids can make to make things um, go better. So it's basically a real-time um, board uh, for parents to use and where parents can share tips and tricks and put if they um if if uh, uh one group comes up with an activity they can get feedback and share it to another group oh, that's a great learning loop and then the so it'd be the difference uh and you said earlier you're saying that the assumption was you had to have pods and you're saying you don't necessarily have to do that Right. The assumption was that you had to hire a teacher Ooh, okay, okay. who would then take over the role and kind of um, that. But that's that's a pretty expensive way to do it. Right. So we were trying to work right. around that. And, and so the parent, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's built so that um, by uh, getting one, if, if we can build one successful pod that all of that knowledge can be shared with other pods. So it's a very, very scalable. Got it, got it, got it. So it'd be the parents in the pod would be the ones on the Trello board sharing tips and tricks and for their given pod experience. And then as that success happens, then you can scale that to other pods and then additional like pod to pod type learning can happen. Yes, exactly. One thing Wonderful. I can just comment on is is the the real challenge um, to I mean to get to the point of being able to scale you know there's a lot of of groundwork and um, uh, luck that needs to happen leading up to that in other words just just having um, having a regular consistent schedule holding space having um, the parents obviously show up with the kids um, and 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 um doing that consistently has been a real challenge because life is just gets in the way and even for us with various things that come up with our, our families our houses and so forth um you know and that's just part of part of the reality um but once but we have managed to do it consistently in the cool laboratory which is our sort of in-house uh, version of the learning garden and um one of the really significant things that's happened is that the kids are getting to know each other and open up to each other. And I think that really goes a long way as, um, as kind of the soil for, for the, the garden to grow, the learning garden. Nice, uh, nice connection, nice uh, extension of the metaphor there. Um, the, and uh, yeah, I wanna water that soil. And, um, and then so, all right. And then, um, and then in terms of one of the things that comes out of that, that I think, uh, so it goes to our second point on the next slide is um, <clears throat> as this uh, learning plants grow from the soil, uh, the uh, that the intergenerational generation pedagogy helps adults as much as children. So what are um, and I think this is yeah, a really important point. What are some of the things that the uh, the adults have learned from the children during this experience? Go ahead, Lauren. Go ahead. I know you have sure. something. You well, 
one thing I, I learned, um, I was actually uh, planning an activity for the kids and I thought, well, let's, um, I went on Domestica because they have uh, very affordable art classes for only about $15. And so I downloaded one of those and um, we were all drawing kind of magical pens. And um, so I was doing it along with my kids and I just, uh, you know, I realized how long it had been since I just sat down and did art and doing that with them it was really kind of magical experience and um it just made me made me think um you know adults when we kind of when we do relaxing things it's always like work kind of like you know meditation or yoga and sometimes we forget to do like creative play stuff mm. and so they bring that uh element to it so that's something i really appreciated it's a great example. I would add to that because I really um, resonate with that, Lauren, and, and take I've been taking that in more and more, and um, come to the conclusion, kind of in the broader picture, that we can't we can't afford to consider art as a luxury anymore. I think art is not is it's just much more than a luxury for everyone, not just kids. Um, but we did also have a chance, and it, it's it was such a, a kind of um, so we talked to Howard Rheingold a number of times, but more recently, particular. Um, around this exact um, area of, of creativity, of art and creativity, and its role in learning in pedagogy and pedagogy for kids. And it was just a wonderful conversation. And he, he has gone on um, also in some of his writings about his mother, who was an art teacher, and um, just how much that he took from her. And um, I think one of the, the things is about having permission to, to, to create and to be, to be creative. I agree with that. Yeah, I think it's something that uh, people don't people don't always realize they can like give that permission to themselves, and they feel like it has to come from like a third party or something, or maybe your maybe your kids. Um, and uh, so we've actually had a um, into quick. We've actually had a question from the, uh, the audience, which is which is wonderful. And please, for all listeners out there, please continue with the questions. Um, and then so it was uh, how many kids are currently learning in the cool laboratory? It's um, average around five or six, but it, it goes up a little bit, it goes down a little bit. It's, um, as I said, it's been a challenge for it to be consistent in terms of attendance. Mm. But um, Lauren has a couple of daughters and I have a couple of daughters and usually we're the regular ones. And then we have a handful of others that, that have come in and out. A few stick around longer. Um, you know, it, it's very much relating to, to family um, sort of lifestyle and, and um, or just, you know, schedule and, and logistics as much as anything else. We picked a time, um, uh, Central Europe time, five o'clock in the afternoon on Sundays, which is eight in the morning in, on the West Coast. So occasionally we get um, some some uh, Californians joining, but it's pretty early on a, on a Sunday. So it's, you know, there's a lot of um, logistical factors to take into consideration. But But yeah, that's about the size, it's quite intimate. Hmm. Nice. Um, all right, we have another question from the audience. Could a, uh, could a family set up their own learning pod or lab? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's how we've been designing it. Um, the, 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 the surprising thing um, for us is that um, we have found that actually the the parents are 
um, the hardest people to get um, um, involved. And I could line up a hundred interesting people to come um, and do stuff with the children. It's harder mm -hmm. to get the parents involved. I don't know why. I thought I thought, it, I thought every parent in the world wanted like a cool, like international uh, group of kids who would meet and get to know each other and learn about each other's culture and learn to collaborate together. That was my dream, but you know, it's 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 been it's been difficult, um, you know, attracting more parents. So that's, mm. that's something I was really shocked by. The um, that is uh, that is surprising. You would think more getting like the uh, at least I would think getting more of the guests to line up would be more of the challenge than the actual it's the parents. Not. But yeah, it's not at all. a good it's example of kind of like uh, uh, alternative uh, or not like invert uh, uh, like a surprise. Yeah, good example of a surprise you've learned along this process. Um, and um, and then so for all the parents in the audience, I'm sure um, we will uh, we'll share out the uh, Kiko Lab. Uh, URL and they can get out and contact information. So if they do want to join, they can uh, they can reach out to you and hopefully uh, yeah, don't give up the dream, Lauren. I think they'll uh, you know it'll it'll it'll, it'll grow uh, grow. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe parents feel more uh, uh, competent or don't need a support network. That's but that's what I felt like I needed. I was really um, I'd love to reach out to other parents and. Um, you know, uh, have them involved and uh, be able to share tips and tricks and get our kids excited about learning again. You know, we have we have really growing um, kind of bag of tricks or toolkit of of um, resources and activities, and we haven't had a chance to try a lot of them, but but we're kind of growing a map of of all these possibilities. And right. actually, what's more um, kind of fun and engaging and effective is is having the kids lead really and just come up with ideas. And and they are nice. And they they really are leading. Sometimes they're really showing us things as well. Um, including with the tech, of course, and <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's a lot. And just one, one thing to add is, is that we actually recently started getting into metacognition for kids, kind of system okay. thinking for kids. And that's sort of the gateway to some of the other things that we're doing at Pirago, at, not at, um, at Kiko Lab, which is like deep profiles and exploring alternative currencies and so forth, imagining like, you know, a currency for the collaboratory. And we have the great Michael Linton of Open Money in the mix and, and um, with some games that we oh, might fun. try with the kids. For example, there's a lot more that we can be doing. And we're just going to keep trying. And as far as getting more people involved, um, you know, doors open. Hmm. They, uh, <clears throat> excellent. Um, and uh, I think... Um, what uh, and just for people who may not be familiar, off the top of the head, what, what how would you define uh, metacognition, and then for the um, and applying that, and then for kids too. Thinking about thinking. Well, there we go. In other words, being being aware of how you're thinking, and um, yeah, I guess the, the awareness of that. Excellent. That's a. Uh, that's a uh, impressive, uh, impressive thing for for a kid to uh, kid to tackle. That's uh, going to be very helpful, especially at that young age, to then you know rest of their lives. Well, thanks, that thanks to our friend uh, Scott Mooring, who's prepared some modules around this, and we started the first one with him uh, last week, which was around distinctions. 
and um so yeah just to give a little teaser that's what's what's coming nice yeah definitely oh we're teaching and learning um uh systems thinking with kids yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty yeah cool. And another thing, actually, that's really important that maybe uh, we're going to run out of time, but but it's, it has to do with crap detection. Another phrase okay. um, from from well, not from Ernest Hemingway that Howard Rheingold uses a lot, and and we've done at, at Kiko Lab and also a sister circle, uh, Metacogs, um, a, a lot of discussion around crap detection, and also recently with Howard around um, crap detection for kids and and sort of um, particular privacy and security concerns that are just uh, involved for everyone online but in in particular um in a special way uh, with kids online so just so you know we're considering these dimensions a lot excellent all right and uh yeah we're uh, we got about five minutes left here so let's um let's discuss uh point three so it's uh i feel like we've already kind of discussed this but uh but point three is about solving problems so, yeah co-learning co-making uh, challenges to find motivated people and that good ideas don't sell themselves. We kind of talk with the parents a little bit, but so what kind of, what, yeah, want to expand on the solving problems that we've kind of already been discussing? Charles? Well, there's a real urgency. Um, I, I mean, one of my mantras is whatever works. And we know that the situation is messy. It's, um, there's urgency, there's a lot of, of kind of unraveling of old ways and old systems. And um, so having awareness about this and then ultimately being able to turn that around into something positive. And, and actually it's a chance for like unlearning and unschooling in a lot of ways, um, not just for the kids. Um, so in the broader scope of things, that's a good way, um, that's a handy way I can respond with a few minutes left here. Yeah, unlearning is, uh, I mean, unlearning is probably more important for the adults than the kids. The kids are, the kids are still, uh, yeah, they haven't, they haven't gotten those, those bad habits yet. Um, and, um, actually I would, I would say that they learn those bad habits really quickly. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, I think they're already kind of indoctrinated to behaving and actually not questioning authority. Speaking pedagogically, they're teaching us even the bad habits sometimes back. <laughs> it, it's it's a cyclical thing. <laughs> they, uh, it's like uh, I don't know. They, uh, it's like you get you don't you get surprises what grows out of the soil in the garden sometimes. I guess. They, uh, you reap what you sow. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think we have uh, one more time. Time for all right. Well, um, we got next. We got on here the peer, uh, pedagogy project action review, and uh, so this is something we've done at the end of uh, the first two podcasts, and we like to do this um, at the end of uh, whenever we're kind of coming together in a meeting uh, to to learn something or to produce something. It's a way to uh, I guess it's a metacognition tool to think about what we're learning and to um, reflect on that and there's five questions um and this time we're going to change it up we're actually we're not going to do it during the uh the podcast itself we're going to have a uh after party which we encourage you to join um at uh <laughs> exactly meet.jit.c slash um and um it'll be right right on right after this so uh please check it out and uh that's m-e-e-t dot j-i-t dot s-i forward slash pyragogy 
And um, we'd love to uh, talk to the audience and hear from you and uh, reflect on what we've learned here. Um, as we, um, as we, before we close out, any uh, any parting thoughts you want to uh, share? Uh, maybe we'll go first with uh, Charles, and then we'll finish with Lauren. Um, I, I came up with a hashtag yesterday or today um, that the pandemic ate my homework and my classroom. <laughs> that's kind of maybe that's not one hashtag, that's two. Pandemic ate my homework and hashtag and my classroom too. Nice. <laughs> I, right, would, uh, I would just say that if there are any parents uh, listening or people who know parents would be interested, we would be dying to talk to you and to meet you. And we would love for you to connect with us. Uh, put the hashtag there. Um, yes, absolutely. And uh, they uh, will have the, uh, inf the information <laughs> will be on the... Uh, yeah, you can get links to the Kiko Lab on the uh, where you can find the streams and uh, or just Google it and uh, C I C O L A B and uh, Charles. We should have Charles Lauren. Um, well, uh, thank you two very much for joining. This has been a wonderful uh, discussion, and we really appreciate taking the time. And uh, thank you, thanks Joe. Thanks to you, Charlie. Thank you, you, you pleasure. You stepped in in, in fine form, and Joe was behind the scenes tech directing. I just, it's it's really like learning how to make a podcast by making a podcast <laughs> so yeah you got, a, you got a big production it, happening Congratulations. so, so pedagogical it will be on uh all the major audio podcast apps as well so uh you know stitcher spotify soundcloud apple google and then the recordings of the video live stream will be on youtube and facebook so please check it out yay Thank you. Yay. This is our, right. our Saturday Thank night live stage scene. <laughs> we'll right. see you over in Jitsi. Okay, yeah. Piragaji podcast. Uh, over yeah. and out. Talk to you.